from California. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls Another only. Cruise. Oh, fuck it together, have a few left. Double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Now I have a machine gun. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema, where we do all of this for you, unlike Fred Durst, who does it all for the nookie. I am your (laughs) first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. That's a bad joke, Josh. It is a bad joke, (laughs) but I stand by it. (laughs) That voice that you hear over there is the Fozzie Bear. Hello, hello, world. Happy to be dying hard tonight. And that chuckle you heard a moment ago was the master of the mix, our producer, Shasti. What's up, guys? Pleasure to be here. Amen, amen. All right. In case you didn't happen to read the title of this episode, we are discussing Die Hard, the best Christmas movie ever made. All right. Before we get into the film itself, though, we pulled a little bit of an experiment. So for this for this episode, we were talking about doing, you know, like a manly beer and, and reviewing that. But uh, we found a recipe online for a drink called the Hans Gruber. So it's very blood red. It is very bloody. <laughs> is that what the does it stand for? Like the, uh, the, the final fountain drink? It's got to be. Mm. So in this drink, you have two ounces of whiskey. You have an ounce of creme de almond couple of dashes of orange bitters and we've got a uh, a little bit of clementine going here so a little bit of uh, clementine rind expressed on top okay a little splash of water to cut it because mm. it is a very booze heavy drink so this yeah. is a very american drink so we must be saying fuck hans gruber when we drink this <laughs> one up. Alrighty, boys cheers oh she's up bad. front that's much better. Mm. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> we had we had a little bit of we had a taste test. We had, of, added a little bit extra uh, <laughs> creme de almond just to take the edge off. Can I actually, yeah, get, can I actually get another dash of bitters? <laughs> I think yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah, right right perfect. Yeah. So while Shasti grabs the bitters, I'll go ahead and I'll do uh, my little background here. So mm. Die Hard came out in 1988. Hit me too, Shasti. It was directed by John McTiernan. Who uh, also directed Predator, Hunt for Red October, and The Last Action Hero. Mm, I loved Hunt for Red October. Right? Wow. So this movie is definitely in his vein. You know, this is the kind of movie he makes. You know, talking about Predator and Last Action Hero, big action films. Um, it is loosely based on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever that came out in 1979. Um, I read that too. It was, uh, they tried to get it adapted uh, several times. Uh, but this was the, the first time that they were able to pull together a script that everybody was everybody liked. And obviously, it became a classic. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, technically, this is a sequel to a movie called The Detective, starring Frank Sinatra. And it is also based on a book. Uh, it's, the, it's the prequel book. Or this, is not a, this is a sequel. The Detective is the prequel. So Frank Sinatra is uh, Bruce Willis's character in that movie. Uh, so we have two books, two movies. Mm-hmm. All prequel. Well, first two. <laughs> yeah, Detective is a, is a prequel, and then there's okay. Die Hard, and then everything after Die Hard is is original. So the Detective and Die Hard are both based on books about the same guy. All right. And in the book, his name is not John McClane. They kind of beefed it up a little bit. Biff McClane. Yeah, Biff McClane. <laughs> um, so this movie had a budget of $35 million. That's it, huh? And Yeah, and it, it made back a... Uh, a decent reward with 140 million uh, in box office, so <laughs> a decent success for the time. 
And uh, just my last note here is that this is Bruce Willis's first like big action role. Before this, he was known for uh, what was that show he did? Uh, Moonlighting? No. No idea. Moon, Moonstruck? No. That's all you, buddy. I don't remember. But there was a there was a, there was a the show point, that he the did. The point is that he still had hair. <laughs> he had a full head of hair. Did he really? In the in Die Hard? Yeah. Oh I mean, compared no, no, to no. every other movie you remember him in. Yeah. He still got that weird cop buzz cut. So it's yeah. Weird. So I mean, he was he was known for being like a, a goofy TV guy, and then this was the first time he really broke into the movie side of Hollywood. And uh, I think history will show he's done a good job since then. Yeah, they made like absolutely. six of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alrighty. Hmm. Gregory. Yes. Would you like to talk cast? Yeah. First, we're going to start off with the main um, character of the movie. It's the Beretta 92F. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who does that play? That plays the Beretta 92F. <laughs> um, and I'm going to get into more. The HK94, which is modded to look like MP. Wait, you said cast? This is the cast. Oh, These you're right. These guns are on main, main I, cast. You're right. The MP5s. Guns are in more scenes that than look like else. MP5s. They're actually HK94 is modded to look like MP5s. We have an HKP7M13. That was Hans's chrome 9mm. He off uh, mm-hmm. Takagi, whatever yeah, the name was. The guy who owned the... Uh, the Smith & Wesson Model 15 was the 38 that was used by a lot of the LAPD at the time. That's where mm-hmm. Carl Winslow shot him dead. <laughs> uh, my favorite of this one is uh, is the Steyr Aug, the AUG, Carl's big bullpup. The, the bullpup, Oh, yeah. man. That, that gun is that's good. That's his baby. Well, um, that's not also... You know, the HKs are all German-made. Mm-hmm. Um, we get into a style that's aus- Austrian. So I like that they stuck with the... Ethni- ethnicity. Eth- ethnicity of, of the weapons. You know, yeah, the ge- geography cool. of whatever that's going on. That's really Walther cool. Walther PPK, um, another uh, style SSG-69, which is the sniper rifle. Um, the okay. M16A1, which you don't see too much, but the, the SWAT came in with those. Mm-hmm. That's standard issue for... For Pretty team, much, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, M4, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. Or at least at the time. All their guns were European, and also their suits and cigarettes, too. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. We talked about that. And then M60, the M60E3, that's where they shot out uh, Carl Winslow's guns, or I mean car, and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, of course, we got some C4 in play. Yeah. 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 Some just a little bit of C4. <laughs> so I guess now is a good time to go into the secondary yeah. character. yeah. The now. people that support the, the weapons. B-roll. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So we got Bruce Willis. You know him well, I'm sure by now. Um, John Orr slash Roy. Um, Alan Rickman, God rest his soul. You know him. Harry Potter, Sweet mm-hmm. Todd, you know, all that good stuff. Bonnie Bodilia. Um, I really liked her in this movie. Um, Needful Things. I thought she did a really good job oh, in too. She's the yeah. wife in that one too with Ed Harris. That's um, Holly. Yeah. Yep, that's Holly. Yeah. Um, and she was in a bunch of other stuff. Reginald yeah, Vell Johnson is Al or like I... Well, yeah. we'll be calling him Carl Winslow throughout the <laughs> right. entire, throughout the entire especially cast when here. we get to the fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> um, William Atherton, Atherton, um, he's he's that dickhead reporter that gets punched in the face at the end. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Gleason is the deputy mm-hmm. chief de- deputy chief commander. Um, he is he's breakfast club, breakfast yeah, club principal. principal he's playing yeah. in my opinion is playing the same fucking guy he's also like been in like all my children or some shit like that yeah right <laughs> um alexander godnov is carl and Devereaux white as argyle and argyle that guy rocks yeah i love that he guy. rocks that's all i got i mean there's a bunch of other casts that really aren't cast just gunmen henchmen mm-hmm. other office folk you know but moving on buddy let's get to that yeah 
That beautiful speed so, review. We'll do a real quick speed summary here. Um, Bruce Willis travel is a uh, New York cop. He travels to L.A. to meet up with his estranged wife. He goes to her company uh, Christmas party. The Christmas party is taken hostage by a series of terrorists slash thieves led by the wonderful Alan Rickman. And uh, Hans Gruber. Bruce Willis spends the entire movie trying to foil their plan and save his wife. And it all culminates in a fight with Alan Rickman, where he throws the man off of the Nakatomi Plaza building in a phenomenal display. Well, we're drinking now. We're drinking out of that fountain. Then he goes home with his estranged wife, and they're not so estranged anymore. But they still probably fight as soon as they get home. <laughs> well, have you seen the second right one or the third one? The you know that they still fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holly, and, Holly and Bruce are not... They're kind of a match made in hell, but the sex must be great. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, bro. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> so with the, the that's the Fox Plaza in LA, the building that they're mm-hmm. at. Mm. And that that building was brand new at the time. And they did kind of like equal amount of live explosions and pyro on site mm-hmm. as they did at the Century Fox studio. Mm-hmm. Like in the parking lot, they built a replica that was like th- three fl- 30 feet high. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. No shit, just bare bones kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like the helicopter shit was yeah, like an yeah. RV helicopter that's probably two-thirds the size of this table. So they did it Lucas style. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. All models. And they shot it out too, like, I love models. <laughs> like when the, when the Ooh, helicopter nice. blows up and the, the yeah. C4 blows up on top, that's like they had the the uh, model helicopter up there. That's awesome. Um, and they pulled it down with the pyro. But yeah, they... Right. I, I, I figured most of it was in the building and... Mm-hmm. But it was pretty much like 50-50. And for them to get away with that much shit, like in a mm-hmm. brand new building where like businesses were trying to conduct right. this, you know, like it's kinda kinda badass. Like yeah. doing like when the the R V the tank rolls up and they mm-hmm. shoot the rocket launcher mm-hmm. at them. Well they, it's 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 interesting that they were able to, like you said, do all those practical effects without buying the building. Because I mean you think about later projects, like the most famous is probably the Dark Knight, where they bought a hospital in Chicago and mm-hmm. blew it the fuck up. Yep. Like, Another one of those scenes that they built in the, like the parking lot, essentially for Century Fox, was like the elevator shaft when mm-hmm. he's like looking down yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and it looks like 30, 30 floors. It's it's in that same scaffolding system that they, okay. they built mm-hmm. this model in, and they just built it to get sm- narrower and narrower as it got down. Oh, it's kind of an optical illusion. Yeah, okay. so yeah, like sure. the lights that that separated every floor, mm-hmm. literally they made them smaller and yeah. smaller. And oh, like, really? It wasn't a mirror trick, right? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I wish, really I cool, wish actually. When, we're, when we're live and can pull up some <laughs> of these pictures, it's going to be so dope. But. Dude, I mean, when we talk practical effects, most of the time we're talking about, you know, like monster movies. But I don't think the practical effects teams in movies like this get enough credit because it's, it's little things like that, like having the foresight to be like, all right, we obviously don't have 30 floors that mm-hmm. we can give a... Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Go. They don't have, they don't have a, a, you know... An elevator shaft oh, that they shit. can just aim a camera down like that, so they build a, a model that wow, and manipulate crazy. the site. So soon for, you guys will be able to see this when well, how we are for mm-hmm. like the marble detailing that's all around the building. Mm-hmm. They for the model they said they went up and like with a camera and shot one one twelve by twelve square mm-hmm. and. Rep- printed that photo out like a million times and printed it on there because <laughs> yeah. of what on the scaffolding it's just it's just two sides mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's pretty much yeah. just a corner. But it looks like a, a 3D yeah, image, yeah. yeah. And we're talking like 90, whatever, 91, 92. So 88. It's like 88, yeah. yeah. So, so like real they're early waiting, They're waiting for printers. <laughs> You're right. They're going to Kinko's for this shit. <laughs> they're they're really in line big. behind Dave. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the helicopter. <laughs> Yeah, that's, we yeah. should put that. We should put that photo up yeah. when we release the yeah, episode. Well, yeah. That'll yeah, be that's awesome. cool. That's really cool. Holy smokes! Well, nice. So work. that's a that's a really good segue for um, the next thing I was going to talk about. Like, because like I said, CG was in a very early development, so they really didn't use a whole lot. So they relied on practical effects, and I'd say the actors in this movie react to their environment in incredibly realistic ways yeah i think to, to just to go on from what you're saying um it seemed like they only kind of used two to three floors or mm-hmm. two to three rooms i mean john seems to be stuck in that that random unput un- together yeah room or floor, the unfinished floor you know there's you know whatever bah, just shit laying around yeah. drywall all that kind of stuff and then the rest unfinished is kind of taking place in the like the downstairs foyer or mm-hmm. you know the the general area you know mm-hmm. with the fountains and stuff but yeah, it, it didn't seem like that. It wasn't too much movement as far as that. But it, mm-hmm. the movie, as far as it, it made John McClane is, in in my opinion, is made to look like a rat, mm-hmm. like a, a rat that's just causing a fucking ruckus, just yeah. in and out of Crawling every little scene. Yeah, <laughs> I, watching this movie critically, it's like he's he's a he's a he's a, he's he's just a normal a, guy. He's, he's just a, a normal guy, but he's also that mouse, that that yeah. shitty fucking mouse that you can never catch. He's too quick witted, too fucking dumb. He's dumb in his own brain. He's the monkey in the wrench. Yeah, the monkey the in the wrench. In the he's, the, he's the the fly in the ointment. Who are you then? He's the fly mm. in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and don't worry, I will not talk about the whole series. I'm just gonna compare the one movie to the rest That's real quick. Good, all right. It's <laughs> like I think what sets this film apart and even apart from the second one, which is somewhat similar, is John McClane is, is an everyman in this movie. And in the rest of the series, he's pretty much just like a superhero. Like in, in one movie, he takes out a helicopter with a cop car. Like he crashes it. In. Well, in like the fourth or fifth <laughs> one, I had a friend, we had a friend of ours that like um, talked about, like he literally Greco-Roman wrestled a right. fighter jet. <laughs> and, and in this live, movie, <laughs> live free, die hard. But he literally like, he put a, you put a fighter jet in a fucking... Hey, motherfucker. Hey, hey. And what yeah. makes this movie great is he's still just an ordinary dude. Like, he's using the weapons that he can find. He's, he's got no cigarette. goddamn shoes. Yeah. Smoking the cigarettes he picks. That's what I really like. guy he just killed. Yeah, I really like that part. It, it, it had, no it had shoes, him. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You flat-footed there, Al. Well, and that's straight out of the book, is the, the not having shoes and, and, you know, getting his feet cut up. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's a great scene, and it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic bit of tension. Because it draws it draws your attention to these things that most movies ignore, mm-hmm. the small stuff. Like any other movie would have just given him shoes and ignored that moment. But in this movie, they're like, all right, in this real situation, he was changing his clothes when they were attacked. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, do you so, want to yeah. get into like why he's not wearing shoes a little bit? Because because of, of that conversation he had on the flight, <laughs> on the right? airplane with that fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, the guy who's been make trying. a fist with your toes. In the, I've the been carpet. doing this for yeah. In the, in he the, said the, when you get off the plane and you get to your hotel, he's like, take off your shoes and socks and make fists with your feet on the carpet. And yeah. John's doing that in bed when he gets there, and he's like, man, this is amazing. He's like, motherfucker. Who <laughs> and then he starts to hear gunfire and shit. Fucking Californians. <laughs> Fucking yep. Cal- and then he kills, uh, what? what oh, oh, California. <laughs> <laughs> kills Carl's brother. And what does he say after that? He's like, 
all the terrorists in the fucking world. I had to kill one with sh- shoes, our feet smaller than my fucking sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carl, he's trying. Carl was huge. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a German thing. I don't know. I don't know. He leaves him in the elevator. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, he's, Jesus. That, that, there's a surprising amount of comedy in this movie, too. Because like when he's putting Carl's yeah. brother in the elevator, and he just sees the Santa, and he gets that... Bruce Willis smirk, dude. He like invented the fucking uh, the duck face in this movie. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, it happened in 2015. The duck face pictures. I'm sorry, but Bruce <laughs> Willis Bruce walks Willis? around with the fucking duck face <laughs> the entire time. The thing is, he's so cool and but smug yet fucking. I, I saw an interview cool. that Bruce Willis said that he was working, you know, just with like the local law enforcement and and people who were on site. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like it was much darker, and mm-hmm. there was more of a comic light to the movie. And he kind of he kind of gained that uh, that insight from like mm-hmm. talking to the local cops and firefighters and first responders. Like mm-hmm. they they have to have some kind of like it's a release valve for yeah, them, you know. Yeah. So like when when he when Bruce Willis is making all these quips, it's very realistic to how you know cops do deal with trauma. Yeah. You know you're you know you're in a deadly situation. What are you going to do? You're going to crack a joke. You know, yep. it's, it's the only way to cut your yep. tension and, and get your get your nerves back. Get mm-hmm. your yeah, get your head back on your shoulders for sure. I think he did a great job. I mean, so does the rest of the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. Die hard. They wouldn't have made a million of them. If <laughs> yes. people, if people didn't like them. And he, yeah, like you said about superhero. I mean, he played that part up and like, the real. He was like the real, like the Clark Kent before he got his cape, yeah. cape kind of thing, you know. And I think, you know, at the end of the movie where they wrap him in his blanket, you know, that was his cape kind of thing. Right. That's <laughs> a good know. point. That's yeah. a good point. He becomes yeah. that superhero at the end. I didn't think about that. But yeah, it's, 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 it, the book was written to be, you know, somewhat realistic. Granted, the guy in the book is like almost 70. So they, they oh. aged him down a little bit. Oh, shit. That's why Frank Sinatra played him in the detective. <laughs> wow. Damn. Wow. <laughs> so, like, they aged him down, you know, by 30 years. They're but like, we're not going to have much of a franchise <laughs> if we fight. I mean, what's funny is Bruce Willis is probably almost 70 now, right? He's still yeah. playing yeah. John McClane. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling, Wrestling fucking fighter jets. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's only gotten stronger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like unbreakable. This isn't even his final form. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on Holly Gennaro? Like, what, you know, how the movie kind of starts and he goes into there. Um, his wife? The plaza, yeah. Um, she switches her name from McLean to Gennaro mm-hmm. um, because they obviously had a falling out. And mm-hmm. like Argyle alludes to, the, the limousine driver, mm-hmm. like, oh, so you didn't think shit was going to work out for her. And you, 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 saw she, you <laughs> thought she'd come running back to your fucking ass. And he's like, you're a very smart man, Argyle. <laughs> well, and he's, he's right. Yeah. You know, Bruce Willis was in this, in the beginning of this movie, he's a very traditional man where it's like, eh, career woman. <laughs> what a joke. And then by the and end, that might, of it, be, that might be true in New York, but in LA, fucking LA. I mean, it's surprising that she wasn't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she had a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she had a career <laughs> in 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 New York. It just kind of took her to LA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and, and and you know, we we talk about the portrayal of women in films a lot, and this one I'm kind of on the fence about because most of what we see of Holly is seen through John McClane's eyes. So we see her as this helpless woman who needs a man. But if we really look at the script and how her character is written, she's an independent woman. Yeah. I and mean, it just she, so she gets a lot of respect yeah. like from her peers. <clears throat> I mean, when they're together. She's got or, her own office. Yeah. <clears throat> and she's got the Coke office. She's got the Coke office. And that's another. Th- that's what I wanted to get to. <laughs> this is <laughs> this might be a little off topic. Is Ellis. 
at least I didn't write him down on the character shit because he's a kind of an asshole. But that fucking guy, the cokehead guy, is probably my favorite fucking character in this whole movie. Dude, he's the biggest piece of shit. But if you think about it, he you like you're watching the movie, you're like shit. He's gonna he's gonna say I can't give you the fucking yeah. I can't give you John McClane. But he doesn't even rat him out like that. You know what yeah. I mean? He says that he, he can. But right. he's he was, to, he's he says that he was his pennies. party guest. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't throw Holly under the bus. Yeah. Right. Which is He's trying to get in them jeans though. Yeah. No, for sure. But <laughs> Or the pants. But for the guy who was like the yeah. biggest piece of shit who you didn't even mention at the beginning. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like he, sure. he kinda he kind of did an honorable thing there. Yeah. He did I what guess. he could. I don't know. I still don't like him. I still like him either. <laughs> Dude, I, don't I, don't like him. I don't like him either, but I think like his portrayal of that dumb fucking cokehead. Yeah. Like when he, he first meets Go like, get the Rolex. Show him the watch, Holly. Show him the watch. Well and he's 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 blowing lines in like the, her right. office and he, he walks in like, Yeah, he's a cop. Yeah, <laughs> you miss some dog. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that that character, God, you're you're supposed to hate him, and it's very effective writing and very effective acting. Because I yeah. just, it's an easy kill yeah. for the movie. Yeah. Like, right? yeah. so one that the audience won't feel yeah. bad about, but he's like a, a right semi main character. Yeah, yeah he's 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 a he's a barely a secondary character, but he makes such an impression that you feel like he's in more of it than mm-hmm. he really is. Exactly, and which he, is what you want as a writer, especially in film. Like, if I can go on a tangent here. Yeah. Like writing a book is different. You have all this space. There's no time constraints. But when you adapt this into a film, you need to make that character stick in people's minds without giving him too many lines and too much screen time. And they did it super effectively, both with the writing and with the casting. And I mean, this director knows action. So he knows how to amp up tension in short bursts. And that's kind of what he does with this character. Like you said, you don't you, you, you see him and you're like, yeah, he's probably going to rat us out. So you're waiting for that moment. It kind of builds tension in your chest. Really so good writing. Maybe he did have integrity at one point, or still did, even with his coked out syndrome. I love, I love how like that that, that first scene where he gets caught blowing lines. You know, he gets caught doing right. coke. But then when he like goes to goes to talk to Hans, you know, Hans, booby <laughs> right. baby, Hans, like booby. like they bring him a coke. Like they bring yeah, him more yeah, coke exactly. <laughs> but in a canned form. Hans nice. Kobe, nice. can I get yeah, another can of coke? <laughs> I'm running on E here. Yeah, then he calls out. He calls out. I can, I can give him to you, and they give him the fucking uh, the radio. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, John Boy. Right. Like I've literally said John Boy like that. <laughs> like since I've seen this movie, it's one of my favorite lines. Hey, John Boy. John Boy. You know. Yep. Yep. Hey, you know, these guys are businessmen. Give them what they want. You're holding the shit up, blah, blah, blah. Alice, you know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to I'd like to divert a little bit and talk about the 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 plot, not the story, the actual like scheme of the film. So I really appreciate well thought out, you know, robberies. Like when we did Heat, that's a really well thought out robbery. In this movie. When Gruber lays out the plan and he's like, they'll shut down, they'll shut down the building and it'll cut the power so we can get into these bearer bonds and we can get out and pretend that we're hostages and that they'll never expect a, a robbery when they think it's a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that's what Takagi, bones, Takagi got to too. It's like, yeah. I thought you're, what kind of terrorist are you? You're a common thief, mm-hmm. hmm. but I'm smart. Yeah. So like it. When you when you first think about it, you're like, <laughs> so you planned a terrorist attack to rob some place, and then you really think about it, you're like, they're not going to be looking for you. Mm-hmm. They're not, not going to be for looking for, you know, six Germans. 
or what is it, 11 Germans, they're going to be looking for hardened, you know, violent men. Mm-hmm. Well, they plan on pretty much blowing up the whole place anyway, so they, they're yeah, faking their own they death. Yeah, they were going to leave in the, the ambulance. Ambulance, yep. yeah. So, let me fast forward. I just saved some shit for the end. But this is the only... <laughs> it, it ties into two things you're talking about right now. But mm-hmm. um, one of the theories is, like, the ambulance that they drive off in the end, mm-hmm. there's no way all 12 of them can fit in there with stacks Ooh. of bonds yep. and all their ammo, all their guns, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Should I be getting in there? So one of them is, is to, <laughs> to, to further sell the terrorist sell that they're trying to do is that, mm-hmm. like... Uh, Hans was gonna blow it up when, like all the Italian dudes that they mm-hmm. had in there, and like well, the majority of them were up there, yeah, with the hostages. He was gonna blow up. He's gonna blow the roof. And yeah. him and Theo and uh, what's Carl's brother's name? Uh, I don't remember. It's probably Carl. just Carl's brother. Carl's brother. <laughs> the tall dude, the main yeah. dude with the long hair, the bullpup no, guy. Carl. No, Carl. That's okay, Carl. Carl. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was gonna be Hans, Carl, and Theo. Would so be. they didn't plan on having everybody escape. Uh, that's, that's that's one angle. Just just mm. seeing the vehicle I can get that, on board that, that was their escape vehicle, mm-hmm. and how they were gonna bring the hostages up there. Mm-hmm. Hans and Theo were gonna be down there, and Carl, yeah. Carl's his main guy. So chances are, all the bill, all the bonds right. in the back, and them in the front. Yeah. And Theo was kind of funny, and they they always kind of bring it back to Christmas, you know, because mm-hmm. this is like we're doing this during Christmas time, right? Um, they, <laughs> so they always call kind of bring you back to like this isn't just a regular action film, this is a Christmas action film, right? And so Shots was talking about Theo, and you know when they start bringing up in like the FBI gets there, and um, you know they're actually watching the cameras. Mm-hmm. All through the house, not a creature was stirring. <laughs> right, except four armed guards, in two by two cover position. Come from the southeast, <laughs> standard two by two cover position. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. I mean, they they do a good job of bringing it back, like like a kind of attention and release. Yeah, you know if it makes sense to anybody. But it sounds like a Tampa cover cover two Tampa cover two. Well, and it's, I mean, again, from a, from a writing standpoint, there's, there's two ways to do that. There's plant and payoff, and then there's tension and release. So they went the tension direction with this. So they didn't have to plant a whole bunch of, you know, Easter eggs in the beginning and pay them off at the end. They just built up the tension, and then they would release one element, and then they'd build something else up. Kind of like, I mean, this is going to be a weird comparison, but the way that the Game of Thrones books are written is it's build up, build up, build up, build up, and then right as it starts to peak, they drop down to something else, and I build it, build it, build it, build it, and that's what this movie does. It's it, musical. Yes. It's, it's, it's very much sonata form if, if, for my music nerds out there. It's build up and then, cha- and then change uh, to a different theme. Yeah, build the, up, change to a the different point, theme. To the point when John finds uh, uh, Hans on the roof, and oh, yeah. he mm-hmm. pretends to be one of the oh, I love that hostages. So much when, you know what I mean? It's like he caught him. You know what I mean? But yeah. but he tricks him. No the, bullets. Oh, you fucking. Yeah, they're, they're, they're both right, playing right. a game. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. John knows that. But 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 Hans almost gets the one up on him because the whole thing about, oh, he, he looks on better than being caught with your pants on. He notices that he doesn't have any shoes or mm-hmm. socks on. Mm-hmm. So that goes to the, the next fight scene when they shoot out the glass. Yep. Yeah. Like it's just, like you said, up and mm-hmm. down and the little details kind of. Yeah, and Hans did his homework because he memorized like Clay was a, a person on the on the ticker. Mm-hmm. You know what floor, what not, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of, I think it was really well. Like you were talking about the writing, mm-hmm. they covered all bases. And like usually we get pretty adamant about uh, that lack of representation of yeah. thought into the process yeah, of writing. Plot holes and stuff. And man, I think it was just spot on throughout. And even like Hans switched his switched his uh, his. Uh, 
he switched to American. Oh yeah. no, you're one of yeah. them. Oh no, don't kill me, please, don't kill me. Like it just says a worried fucking American kind of thing, you know. Um, and I don't. I, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Actually. Let's let's shout out Alan Rickman for that though. Yeah. like this is the drink we're drinking. Right the, now. Yeah, we might as well call it the Alan Rickman. Right. <laughs> Cheers. Blood so bath. I mean, Alan Rickman got got started in acting kind of late in his life, and. It, he made a he, whole bunch of money. He, he, he probably did. <laughs> but he made some really good movies. Like, he was smart about it. And he was, for a guy who didn't grow up in the industry, he did really well. Like, Greg, you and I, we've been in the restaurant industry long enough that you can, just watching somebody for five minutes, you can see yeah, who's been it, it for a long it time. Yeah. Alan Rickman is essentially, if somebody went from having a bank teller job and then started bartending and was seamlessly great mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. So... There are those masters of their, of any craft that they would want to pursue. Jack yeah. of all trades, and I, he's I just great. More. He was and, apparently like perfect on set too. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking up a ton of bloopers, like I always do for these movies, mm-hmm. and I like looked up probably half dozen of them. And one of the comments I saw on YouTube was like, "You won't see any Alan Rickman mm-hmm. blueprints." He knew his lines. He just because, not break. because he's perfect. Yeah. He yeah, said he because he's, he has no he has no, <laughs> total Snape. Like and you, you you hear that in <laughs> yeah. like you know about all his films like. He was Snape, and he was never the one to break. He mm-hmm. did not. He did yeah, not yeah. make mistakes. He was. He was very professional about it. And he. He really appreciated the opportunities that came to him. So he would give phenomenal performances. He gave all he had. And he wasn't. Um, he wasn't German born. I think he was English, right? Yeah, he's an Englishman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess like they're they're more tuned in to their own kind mm-hmm. of dialect as far as that region goes. So it's hats off to him. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah. There is no Bruce Willis. There is no John without <laughs> fucking Hans yeah, Gruber. True. Yeah. You know, so it sets him up well for <clears throat> movies to come that we can't talk right, about. Right. <laughs> and he, like, he played the villain so well because he wasn't like he didn't have a whole lot of um, inflection in his voice. But he, when he did, it was like it was power, mm-hmm. and he, he he dominated the dominated the screen. And yeah. it was he was very mouthy. He would like his mm-hmm. his eyes, ears, mouth, or um, sorry, cheeks, hair. You know, what I mean? as far as yeah. like, you know, some people talk with their whole. Head mm-hmm. face, he was just like mm, very I'm, deliberate. Yeah, you know, and it, he played it well. He dove in, and I respect the shit out of him for it. Well, and it's it's kind of cool too. Like I, I was talking about Heat a minute ago, and this movie came out what like seven years before Heat. And truth be told, we can make comparisons from uh, De Niro's character in Heat to Hans Gruber, and it's just like one just happens to be the villain of this story, whereas. You know, De Niro is the hero of that one. And you Hans flip isn't kissing. Gross. Yeah, you flip the script and, and, and you know, we, we put Bruce Willis in heat and suddenly this movie is not about, you know, uh, uh, whatever his name was in, in heat. I forgot. I can't remember the character's name, but De Niro. Yeah. You watch too many movies. Right. <laughs> we've, we've literally <laughs> watched like 20 movies since then. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we love movies and we love cocktails. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which we love more. We love more. Hmm. Day to day. <laughs> so, let's talk about why this is a Christmas movie. Because by by any rights, it kind of shouldn't be. Well, it, it, it starts uh, and finishes that way, and there's some spots in between, like I talked about before. And I think that's what makes it perfect. Like I wouldn't. I, I, I'm not going to say this is the perfect film, you know, but. I think what makes it a perfect Christmas movie is that they don't shove it down your throat. Like mm. Santa doesn't show up with an MK forty seven. And I think it's like a and I think it's like a, a shout out for people that hate fucking Christmas movies. Like they're like, yeah, this is all dog shit yeah. kind of thing. 
where it's like, yeah, this movie's around Christmas time. It's happening right now. So it's an everyman. So movie. yeah, that's, that's my favorite fucking yeah. Christmas movie. It's like yeah. a without. It's it's just like a dude film that mm-hmm. like. It's my dude. favorite Christmas movie because it has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm it's saying. Yeah, about, and that's, that's what's funny about it. Presents. Or, it it or, doesn't slam it down it, your throat. But it, it even starts with happens. like he's got a giant bear bringing home for who knows like his his kids. I don't even know. Right. Is it for Holly? You know, blah, blah blah. And then like I said before, it alluded to it the entire time. Everybody saying Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. It's kind of a. He was kind of like the behumbug. He was kind of the uh, the Scrooge yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, f- ru- ruining everybody else's uh, idea of what Christmas should be. I don't be. know. I, I think Hans Gruber did a really good job of ruining Christmas for people. <laughs> well, not there. Not not according to him. Like in, not in Hans' world. Not in Hans' world. Not in Theo. Theo was the man. That was another cool part of this. Like, because there was a lot of that went into Theo's job. He had to like hack mm-hmm. all sorts yeah, of like, yeah. sick. Yeah. I think there Most was, of the time, you get seven. either the demolition man. Yeah, and then you get the the vault driller, and mm-hmm. then you get like the hacker. Yeah, and, and he was all. He's all three mm-hmm. of yeah. those yep. dudes. So, and what's funny is about that about that character in particular is, like, he was the muscle in 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 his other big roles, like. On uh, Walker Texas Ranger, yeah, he was. He oh was like, my god, yeah. he was in that fucking show. <laughs> yeah. He was the sidekick. You're totally right. Holy he was. He was essentially oh like god. America's first black ninja. Yeah. Like Jesus dude was breaking ground. Well, so, like this, for him to Craig, have the Craig, range, like that. By you. I don't know, <laughs> man. I don't know. I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I guess that's mind blowing. <laughs> he's 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 the muscle on Matlock, but I mean, yeah, Matlock. He kind of had to be. Yeah, <laughs> like, Matlock couldn't be his own. Protect muscle. that little girl, <laughs> little old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and he. I love him. Like I really think he's the inspiration for Hardison on Leverage, where he's just, he's just this cool, super smart guy who can do a whole bunch of, of random shit, and he happens to be a really good criminal. Yeah, and I love that he was able to get through. I think it was seven points. Sevens and threes always come up in movies all the mm-hmm. time, you know. <clears throat> so he had like there was seven main things that he had to get through as far as you know, yeah, code, as far as. Etc. Yeah. Etc. And then the seventh one, Hans like, yeah, don't worry about that fucking shit. <laughs> so he's banking on the FBI coming in. I love and, that. And scene. the FBI fucking comes in. They're like, yeah, you're not in charge anymore. Suck a dick. Blah blah blah. And then they shut down the entire power source. Mm-hmm. And Hans looks at fucking Theo and he says, "You asked for a Christmas miracle, and I give I you, the you the FBI." And then fucking whatever song comes out, like like super super Christmassy. All right, so that's, that's something I never thought about until watching it this time was um, FBI guys are standing over the power grid, mm-hmm. like, shut it down now. Yeah. You know, shut down grid 101, are you crazy? Yeah. He's like, I got to walk you, I can do it right now. <laughs> right. The, the detective, or the FBI agent steps, like, into frame, mm-hmm. you know, puts his foot down. and he Literally, makes, yeah. And he makes a call. So my question is... Did Theo crack the vault right before Grid 101 no. was shut down, or did that shutdown crack the vault? No, so yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a electromagnetic lock. Uh, lock. Yeah, and so when they take away electricity, there is no more electromagnetic. So lock. them shutting down the grid. The FBI opened up yeah. the seventh gate to hell. So or heaven for them. Yeah. This is going to be a, a really good. <laughs> they should just put alien segue. charge, <laughs> <laughs> right? Damn, Fuck Hans Gruber. This, this is a good segue uh, towards fan theories. Um, cause I have one of my own and it's very brief. It's, I think there was somebody in the FBI that was in on it because they seem to be, um, just 
conveniently the things the FBI does, like shutting, oh, shutting yeah. down the power yeah. and delaying, you know, going in the building. It gives them just enough time to do their thing. So I feel like there was somebody on the FBI that was on the take. Hmm? That's, that's probably most plausible fan theory <laughs> than anything I came across because I tell you what. Did you, did you have any others? Well, I mean, the main one was just that Hans was supposedly going to kill off uh, the majority Half of the his team, crew yeah. and then ride off. That's cool. With his boys, but beyond that, I mean, well, yeah. I want to bring up one that you, we talked yeah, about a little bit. Yeah, go for it because these ones are out there. The rest <laughs> yeah, of them no. Really well, I want to. I remember we talked about this, you know, prior to the the show tonight um, about a really not a fan theory, but kind of a cool, funny like excerpt from what, things, if, what if, yeah, you know, and uh, Shasti, our our, our 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 master of the mix here, brought up a good one about how. After that first scene, or not the first scene, but the one of the scenes where the body fell in through the cop car into mm-hmm. into Carl Winslow's cop car or whatever, and there was a couple uh, grip slash stage hands slash whatever. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That, uh, not wanna, fan you, theory. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. So this, yeah, you want to get into this one? Yeah, supposedly the guys who had to pull uh, Al's, you know, Carl Winslow's mm-hmm. car off the set after that scene was filmed. They went to like a Jack in the Box. It was right around the corner. <laughs> I thought and this was had, so fucking hilarious. They had, was they had like the 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 dummy dead body <laughs> and the broken glass, and it was a cop car. You know what I mean, it was just two dudes like dressed up like how we're dressed up right now. You know what I mean? Let me get a couple number twos, yeah, probably some headphones, on some like milkshakes. Yeah, and they roll up in order, and they and and the reaction from like the the. The employee who was saying right. their order was kind of like he's kind of caught off guard, but he said he didn't like he served them their food. Just kind of looked at them funny. Just another day in L.A. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Fucking California. I'm sure that's what it came down. It was in like California. God damn, it, California. This was in like '95, '94 or whatever. '88. <laughs> Early, bro. Yeah, man. Early as before far the Rodney, as the Rodney King riots. They're like, yeah, whatever. Cops do it. Right. Cops for days. Well, yeah, he's like, yeah, they, the they very, <laughs> they don't, <laughs> they very casually like talk about Carl Winslow killing a They're kid. They're trying to normalize <laughs> yeah. cop killing kids right. for having a ray gun. Right. Yep. So that brings me to the outlandish fan theories that I came across. One being that Die Hard is in the same universe as Family Matters. So Carl Winslow. <laughs> so Carl Winslow. God damn it, Carl. So Carl Winslow is a desk job in You know LA. what? There is a Theo. Uh, right, right. <laughs> no, there's only two. Is, is I know, but yeah. so so Carl. Oh, I'm yeah, so Carl. My bad. Carl shoots a kid with. <laughs> Whoopsie. My bad, guys. Car- Carl. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Sorry, Shasti. We keep talking over you. It's not conducive it's, to the podcast. It's so dumb. I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. No, say it. Theories. I can. I can act this one out for you. Okay. All right, let me let me get into character. I'm Shosty. I'm amazing. Scene. Scene. I'm the best at what I do. All right, so guys, there's this fan theory that like Carl Winslow was a cop, right, in, in LA. And he shot this kid and then Because he had a ray gun, man. It, <laughs> and then it fucked him up. So the kid was his neighbor. He shot his neighbor. Who always had those crazy inventions? <laughs> I can't. My, my Shasti impression isn't as good as it should be. <laughs> Carl Winslow shot Steve Urkel on an episode of Family Matters, and then Die Hard came out 
seven years before. Yep. So that's the dumbest fan theory. (laughs) And the other dumbest fan theory is that that John McClane is invincible and he he ends up being Corbin Dallas in Fifth Element. Oh my God. And there's like, there's like, the cloak lives. There's like thousands of people who are like, so So we can, we can, now we're talking like M. Night Shyamalan with this whole thing. So, right. (laughs) So the detective is a prequel. To Family Matters, and Family Matters is a prequel to Die Hard, and Die Hard is the sequel. Is where we'll stop talking about movies. No, Die well, Hard no, is the sequel to Six Sense. <laughs> and, and then before we talked about this, we talked about two books being written, right? And two different, yeah, two different actors, actors playing, the, playing same the same guy. Yeah. So the fan theory. So, no so somewhere in between, web of but we have we have to fit something in. So in between um, Die Hard and Fifth Element, Event Horizon must have happened. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice one, dude. Fuck me running. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. We're Jesus Christ, that's good. We are <laughs> That brings us to our final segment, which is our newest segment. It's mm. Cocktail Cinema Tomatoes, I guess. No. no Greg's Tomatoes. T- oh my tomatoes. gosh. We can't do any our we can't do any tomato stands at all. We have to go tacos. We're going right, Greg, tacos, tacos, right, tacos, 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 tacos rating. All right. Okay. So out of five tacos or out of out of tacos? out of hundred so we'll, out of hundred tacos, we, we, we will use the tacos. That's hey man, there's never too many tacos. Agreed. Or so maybe there's not enough to to put this in perspective. Uh, awesome. Rotten tacos rates this at a ninety four. Rotten either. <laughs> no, it's got to be the the. It's gotta be the Verde. It's gotta be the the, the Verde with this, the with salt. Well, I, I just I have it written down as RT score. So Rotten Tacos came to mind. So the Rotten Tomato score is ninety four. Um, ninety four. Yeah. Fuck. Right. right. So we will start with you, Fozzie. What is your tacos, tacos, tacos score out of a hundred? Tacos, tacos, tacos score. So I liked a lot of things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the gun action was pretty solid. Um, character analysis was pretty great. They stuck with the plan for the most most of most of it. There was a semi romance scene, mm-hmm. which wasn't part of this movie so much, but it was there. I gotta go. Tacos, tacos, tacos. Eighty one point five tacos. Eighty one point five tacos. Okay, Shasti. Ninety two tacos. Ninety two tacos. Yeah, this is that high. Yeah, this is a. This is a yeah. A. Okay. This is an A. Bottom of an A. No, I agree. So this it's, is a bottom of a, a, a zero I'm having, I'm having trouble. Bottom of an A. I'm having trouble. Because, like, for as much as I praise this movie, I don't think it's quite as good as I think it is. So, I'm probably going to give this a 78 tacos out of 100. Right. How many Christmas tacos do you give us? <laughs> Take every um, movie out of the equation except 70, for Christmas movies. 77 regular tacos and <laughs> 88 Choco Tacos. Okay. Choco Tacos. So Christmas movie? I got to go, go lower then, I think, because it's not really... I, well, not to me. I, out of all the Christmas movies. Going, we already did that podcast. <laughs> Christmas tacos. Going lower. I'm going... To Josh's score, 77. Dude, I'm going out 100. <laughs> best, best Christmas movie ever. There made. you go. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So overall, it is it is a really good movie. Yeah. And it's definitely worth watching multiple times. It moves so fast. Yeah. And there's, there's comedy. There's big moves. There's gunshots. There's pyro. There's it's only two hours long, too. It's a, I think it's a little less. I think it's like a buck, 50, buck 45, something like that. Um, I could be wrong. There, I mean, but. with credits, I think it's two hours and two minutes. Okay. 
Um, but I could be mistaken. Sick with it. No, this movie's this movie's it's badass. Great. I mean, and it, and it launched the career of Bruce Willis. Sir right? Bruce Willis. Sir Bruce Willis. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Come on, <laughs> Bruce, if you're listening, come on over, bud. You know, yep. we'll, we'll, we'd 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 love to to interview you about that show you did that I can't seem to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us to plugs. So, per usual, I will start. I'd like to start by uh, giving a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. We see you, we love you, we hear you. Yes, yes. And uh, you may have noticed that we have a few exclusives that came out uh, in the last month. Things are going. Including the pilot episode that is exclusive only to Patreon of our new YouTube show, Thesis Statement. Uh, That's a show where I talk way too pretentiously about things that as I said before my professors thought were too lofty for my brain <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll have some they some public they episodes know. for that coming out soon it's going to be a YouTube show but no, the it's your pilot, show professors suck it professor suck it's thesis statement I might change it to oh, professor yeah. suck it's thesis statement <laughs> that's pretty good um, but yeah so the pilot episode is exclusive to Patreon but you can find the rest of the show on uh, YouTube drop my pen and uh, you can also find exclusive episodes of this podcast on Patreon. So if you support us there, we deeply appreciate you. Um, you can talk to us there. You can see exclusive stuff. And you get early access to everything we put out. We also have a Teespring store where if you go to teespring.com slash right, you can find the master of the mix design and support your favorite producer. My or favorite Bacon is the base of music. Mm-hmm. And if you're, a, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we're going to talk about where that joke came from. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And then personally, you can find me on Twitter at the price is right 312 that's R I G H T. You can find me on Instagram every now and then at the forgetful writer 312. Greg, we are getting close to the new year ladies and gentlemen and Josh wait, wait, has made a new year's resolution to not forget about his fucking okay. book. I almost saw Greg <laughs> to remind Josh that no, he forgot. No, 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 no. I see. We're Josh wrote a book, oh, guys. I've only got till New Year's to keep this game. Yeah, man. Fuck. We're getting there, buddy. God damn. When's this one getting released? Uh, this episode's coming out uh, early December. There you and go. This is, I think this is our first December episode. All right. Well, you got about a month there, boyle. Yeah. So, um... I wrote a book. It is the first in a young adult fantasy series. The book is called Reaper. The series is called The Gatekeepers. It was published by Zimble House Publishing. Shout out to Evelyn. Out, You're the best. Out. We have it on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere you find your, find your books online in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. And we're talking about doing an, an audiobook next year as well, oh, uh, COVID permitting audio for sure for covid right right <laughs> well i have the equipment now like there i have the voice recorder at home and then i got shasta here to back me up yep, yep. all now the man, the man who never tweets where can we find you you can find my twatter at uh the foscaster <laughs> foscaster on twitter i know i don't twat a lot but i talk a lot and i love you guys and seriously want to recognize you guys for all listening purposes and sharing and being a part of this we really really enjoy doing this and we hope you guys do too shostakovich yeah thanks for listening guys uh if you can hear this uh, you can find me right here every week 
pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been fun. Heck yeah. I'd like to remind our listeners that all the music you hear in our episodes is produced by Shasti himself, often performed and written by Shasti as well. Sometimes I play bass. This is true. Greg's <laughs> on a few of these tracks. Bass is the base bacon of music. So we'd like to say thank you. Please like, rate, subscribe, and follow us on all platforms. And say goodbye. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until... Sorry, Hans.